We fully believe, you know, that the world has completely perverted the topic. The church has often silenced it, but we believe the kingdom of God celebrates. Hey, my name is Katie Bulmer. I was your typical heartbroken and hungover sorority girl who looked for love in boys, Bacardi, and did I mention boys? After the breakup that broke me, I met the only man who can truly fulfill me. His name is Jesus. Shortly after that, I met my husband, the best example I have met of Jesus on this earth. Today, I have never been more sure I am right where I'm supposed to be on a mission to help today's young women find their life calling, stop dating dirtbags, and basically just be who I needed when I was younger. I've been called a big sis, an adopted mom, or my favorite title, a cool aunt. But however you think of me, get ready to be challenged and encouraged. This is the Truth For Your 20s podcast. Hi, Caitlin. Hi, Katie. I'm so excited to be here. I'm thrilled. You are someone I really look up to on the online space. You're doing amazing things with something called the Moral Revolution. And I can't wait for you to unpack that and what that is. But for those who live under a rock and may not have heard of you, can you just do a little short bio, a little intro? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. So my I'm married for 15 years. We just celebrated our 15-year anniversary. We have four kids. We had them in five years. So we were really busy. <laughs> um, still are, just in different ways. And we run a nonprofit together called Moral Revolution. Moral Revolution, the shortest way to explain what we do is we exist to tell the world a better story about sex. So we fully believe, you know, that the world has completely perverted the topic. The church has often silenced it, but we believe the kingdom of God celebrates it. So we want to celebrate God's design for sexuality and just see that call back to his design, holiness. What does that look like? So we do that in pretty much every area we can possibly think of. We have an entire branch for singles and dating. I would say, and I brag about it because these resources are created by a lot of our team members. We have some of the best resources for that stage and season of your life where you are single, dating, wanting to do it right. Not sure if anybody out there in the world believes like you. It's such an actual like powerful community too to realize there's other like-minded believers. So we have a date well program. We have stuff for married people. Um, lots of things about recovering your marriage, even after porn and affairs. So much for marriage. We have parents. We have a whole segment for parents on how do we, we do believe if we can just start with the child, we could totally revolutionize the way the world sees sexuality. So we believe just creating healthy home and family cultures, talking about sex in a healthy way. And we have a branch for pastors and leaders. We also have one for all LGBTQ and transgender related issues. So we've tried to cover the whole gamut of everything sexuality. I love that. And pause it real quick. Your peas are kind of strong. So maybe like just take a, move the mic a, little, bit. a little bit. Yeah. Yep. Do you want me to do that one again? Well, no, it was so good. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> I also, I was like holding back a cough. I got a little bit of like this, like cough from my daughter that I was like, oh gosh, don't cough. Oh, I have one too. I have my tissues right here. So don't worry. We <laughs> take cough breaks. That's what <laughs> editor. Hey, shout out. You're amazing. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. I'll get back with it. So I was digging into some of your blogs, some of the things you just mentioned, and you're right. You do have kind of cover the gamut of all conversations as it relates to, well, moral revolution, you know, healthy sexuality, God's design for sex, what that means when you're dating, when you're married, when you're single, you cover it all. And I just think you're doing a really, really good job and handling it with grace, right? Because as you said, this is not always handled well. Mm -hmm. It's just a conversation that's been confused to say the least. 
I need to hear about the Instagram drama real quick because I'm, you know, getting ready for this call and you're, first of all, in several different languages, which is fascinating. Who is you getting beat on Instagram? But also, side note, that's kind of a new badge of honor. So congratulations, I guess. <laughs> I know. Yeah. So last year we got completely disabled, which was such a bummer. And we, but it was, you know, we can turn it around, use it for good. Amen. And it was so cool because we were like, we don't want to just say, you know, open moral revolution back up. We were like, if we have, if we're calling, like if we have a call to action where we're like, we want people to say something, we're like, how powerful would it be for them to share their testimonies of healthy sexuality and redemption? And so it was actually such a beautiful season where we just said, okay, hashtag bring back moral revolution, but share your testimony of how this platform has influenced your life. And it was so so fun for us to see the testimonies of what God has done. And we were able to get back on. It was within like 48 hours. So we never actually got spoken to by anybody. We don't know what happened. But we built that second Bring Back Moral Revolution to 20,000 uh, pretty quickly. So I think maybe that got their attention. But we got back on. And now we do think we're kind of shadow banned right now. We keep getting messages from people that are like, we can't see you. I have to search and search and find something you're like tagged in. Like if we just type in your name, we can't find you, which we're like such so bummed about such a silly thing. Because obviously sex is everywhere on Instagram. We're like, we're just trying to give some holistic view of it right here. So it's such a bummer. But yeah, we do. We have multiple languages. And you. it's just it's so amazing. Shout out to our team member, Michelle Goff. She has built uh, these amazing volunteer teams. And so when you see those translations, those are all volunteer based of people giving their time and we have German, Portuguese, French, Spanish, and English. So we're in five languages, so powerful. And it's all volunteers who just really carry this message and want to get it into their language for their people. Oh my gosh, you're doing such incredible things. It makes me so happy. Okay, so how did you and your husband, tell me the backstory. How'd you get into this? Where did this start from? Yeah, so it's the far, far backstory is when we were dating cross country, 19 years old, talking on flip phones when you had to wait till 9 p.m. for free minutes yes. <laughs> before texting and FaceTime for the 20s. You might be like, what? What is this? But we would dream about leading a purity ministry one day. And my husband actually just a few months ago found an old journal from that season where he had written out like his first sexual purity message and how he dreamed about leading a sexual purity movement. So it's so cool to just realize, whoa, we're here. You know, we're really doing it. So we were in, we've been in full-time ministry since our honeymoon. We returned from our honeymoon. We were pastors. We led college students in like a discipleship ministry training school. And we were youth pastors all at the same church. And then um, we hosted a huge youth conference where we brought Moral Revolution in to partner with us one year when Havila Cunnington was the director. Oh yeah. And so that partnership was beautiful. It was just a good connection with Havila. And after that, she just asked us to come up and speak at Bethel once with her and just built more of a friendship. And then not too long after, it was a few months later, she called and was like, Hey, I'm actually transitioning to go full time into, you know, she was busy traveling in ministry. And so she's like, would you consider taking over Moral Revolution? So for me, it was an immediate yes, we were already in transition. So it was such a beautiful thing of just, wow, this is what we always dreamed of. And we get to kind of inherit what's been built. Um, Chris Valentin started it in 2009. It was just a book and a website. And it just grew knowing that this message needs to get out there. Amen. Well, okay. Talk to me. You mentioned the word purity. This has a bad rap right now. There's confusion. I just keep coming yeah. back. There's so much confusion. The church has talked to me. Talk to me about purity. <laughs> what, what's your take on all of that? 
It's funny because, yeah, the, you know, quote unquote, toxic purity culture. I'm like, it's such a bummer, right? It's such a bummer. The enemy, like, of course, he wants to bring confusion and chaos into something that is meant to be just holy and pure. I mean, pure means uncontaminated, right? Right. Like uncontaminated by uh, just perversion, really. And by sexual sin, there's so much. I mean, we could talk for hours about the scriptures that really speak to purity and to holiness. And I think what's happened is the purity culture from the 90s, early 2000s was like a little bit maybe legalistic, you know, very rigorous where I'm like, so I think we've swung to where we're like, the easiest way for me to say it is I was like, we, we just need to realize we have to stop forfeiting holiness in order to try to avoid legalism. Yeah. So holiness is still the call, but we I think we anytime we hear purity or we hear holy, we think black and white, we think legalism, we think you're trying to put rules on me, yes or no. It's like, no, no, no. It's just this call to what God has said. And all of his, you know, also I think purity culture just put a, a lot of no, 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 no around sex instead of what we try to help young people, especially see when we get to speak to youth. I'm like, no, no, no. God said yes to sex. <laughs> like it's his thing. It's a huge yes. And actually it's all yeses. The no's are only protective no's. So I'm like, it's so silly that it's been tweaked to think that God says no to sex. I'm like, no, no, it was his idea. Like this is his thing. Sex is from heaven. We've just known it from hell. And so realizing that louder, <laughs> it's, I mean, that was my experience. So I think what's funny for me coming in, I used to get like really, I mean, triggered is such a common word that people say, I wouldn't even say triggered. I would just get so frustrated when I would hear people talk about toxic purity culture. Cause I'm like, purity culture was like so refreshing to me. Like it was part of my like leading to wholeness because I came from the hookup culture found Jesus, found books about that would be now considered the purity culture books. I'm like, those helped rewrite my story, give me a plan for redemption, called me to holiness. I'm like, gave me hope, gave me a vision for my future. I'm like, if I would have just stuck to what the world was telling me, like I'd be in so much mess. So I think I don't have the experience of growing up in it where, you know, I know those people's experience sometimes can be like, I've had lots of conversations with people who that was really hard. Like all these analogies and different teachings were really, you know, put a heavy burden of shame on them. So another huge part of our message is it's not shame. Like sex and shame were never meant to be in the same sentence. Sex is sacred and it's a sensitive topic because of the shame that so much of the perversion and sin has added to the conversation. And then sexual abuse, pornography from a young age. When you So when you bring up sex, you're typically having somebody be triggered with something that happened and an exposure that happened inside of them way too early. So I think also we have to realize we're kind of living in a generation that's been sexually assaulted by pornography. Like when you actually dig into what pornography is today and what young people are being exposed to, like they're being assaulted by this. And so there's so many layers to it. <laughs> Can you move that mic back? It's just oh, yes. on the piece. Or- <laughs> I just need to sit back. I keep thinking you won't be able to hear me. I'm going to sit right here. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, I, I know you can, I just did nothing like moving back might help. Oh yeah, okay. I can do that too. That was very awesome. Everything you said was awesome. <laughs> I was writing down my notes of what I want to ask you. Oh Yeah. I love everything you just said. I, you know, thank you, first of all, for having these conversations. Thank you for what you do with Moral Revolution. You do so much. You mentioned some of the resources that you have and everything, but I guess just 
we know the misconceptions that the world is, or that purity culture has brought us. We know the also misconceptions that the world has brought us. I always say that, you know, a lot of times people hear, sex is bad, you're going to hell, don't even look at another pretty human being that you're attracted to. And then we have Cardi B, like, hook up with whoever you want, whatever you want, no strings attached. And I'm like, okay, neither one of these are right. And the conversations you are having in what I call the messy middle are amazing. And I'm so thankful. So what are some of those conversations? You talked a little bit about those resources and things that you do. Like, I mean, I guess, do you go into schools? You go into churches? Tell me a little bit about the conversations you're having to help shift the healthy mindset around sex. Yeah, I think, well, we kind of go everywhere. We go not so much into schools because we are so faith-based that we're going into a school in 2022 and, you know, we'll just reframe it a little bit to keep that piece out. But typically we're going into churches, we're going into ministry training schools, we go to YWAM bases. Um, Our favorite thing is when we go to a church, you know, a lot of times churches will call and say, hey, could you come do like a youth night? And we're like, sure, we'd love to. We'd also want to let you know, we could meet with your pastors and leaders. We could meet with your children's pastors. We could meet with your parents. We could meet with your young marrieds because you want to see it infused in the whole culture. The church has gotten stuck in the mindset of the purity conversation is for teach them to say no, teach them to wait. But it's like, it doesn't stop there. Like sexual integrity is something we have to learn for our entire lives. You know, marriage doesn't solve your porn issues. It doesn't solve your sexual promiscuous past. Like there's so many conversations to have. Let's also heal that from the beginning with parenting and children. So we love going into a church culture and really just kind of trying to speak and bring it up in every single age range. I think some of the healthy conversations too that we have that people are normally shocked by or maybe even feel a little uncomfortable is like the church has to get better at celebrating sex. Because like you said, church is no, Cardi B is yes. And then what happens inside of church is the message that most kids get subconsciously or teenagers get is like, the world is saying, do it as much as you want with whoever you want. And in church, it's kind of like, oh, yeah, you get married and the wife doesn't want to do it. The husband's not getting it enough, like ball and chain. It's not that great. You know, so then you're like, well, why would I wait for that? Like, why do I want to do that? So we're like, marriages, we need to fight to have really healthy, sexual, intimate lives. And we need to celebrate them. Like we talk to our like youth, you know, I post on my Instagram, like we have the best sex life for us and our story. You can find that on our podcast. I'm like, we had a terrible sex life for years and years and years, but celebrating how awesome it is and giving a vision for what sexual intimacy inside of marriage and that, that bond and that covenant and really celebrating what that looks like. So it's not this thing this big mystery for those who are single and waiting. It's like, no, this is such a beautiful thing that I can't wait to share with that one person one day. Breaking off the lie that it's a performance. I think that's one of the biggest rooted lies is that we think sex is a performance based on porn, movies, music, everything that we're raised up on in culture. But it translates into even just very healthy Christian marriages because they think I need to know what I'm doing. Or when the honeymoon isn't fireworks, like we have failed expectations immediately. We think we're going to have a failed marriage. It's like, no, no, no. Like it's, it's not a performance. Part of the gift of marriage and sex inside of marriage is the discovery of opening it together. So we're not supposed to know what to do. We're supposed to figure it out together. It's going to be awkward moments. My husband always jokes like, where am I supposed to put my knees? <laughs> like, what are we doing? You know, but that's the fun. So though for my husband, and I, we had struggle as well. That struggle and where it's led to today and that fight of saying we're not going to settle for less than God's best in our sex life has led to this most beautiful thing that we've created together. So yeah, that's a little bit of our conversation. Oh my gosh. No, I love it. 
have so many things to say. First, kudos to you as a healthy married Christian couple talking about your sex life. Yeah, we, <laughs> because that's we something. Have TMI. It's normally we we always like warn people. We're like, it's going to be TMI. You're going to find out when I had my first orgasm, and you're going to see me in the store and be like, what? You know. So yeah, it's very. It's I. God knew, right? God knew that we are both wired to be totally comfortable with sharing that kind of stuff. And you know, like that funny phrase, it's like, be who you needed when you were younger. Yeah. That's part of that driving force for me. I'm like, if I would have just heard some of this back to when I wasn't saved, if I would have heard there was another way, you don't have to live in hookup culture. I would have chosen it. If I would have learned an early marriage, there's another way, like you can, you know, not have to perform and have it be all, you know, so I'm just, it's so important to us that it feels very, very valuable to share transparently on. Well, I think that's amazing. I remember when my first job and all of us were like fresh out of college and my coworker, she'd waited for marriage and her husband did it. And, you know, she's engaged and they're like leading up to her wedding day. And she like told me she was scared to death. Like she wouldn't know what to do. And I was like, my heart ate break for her because I'm like, that's the beauty of it. He's not going to love you any less. You know, ideally he's probably not, uh, hopefully not. He's not comparing you. And my word what do we all want? If we like think about it, do we want to be compared anyways? No, we want to be like, you are my definition of beauty. Like we are figuring this out together. But it's so much more romantic than, well, you're a little better, a little worse in this area. Like gross, you know? Yeah, totally. Totally. Yeah. And so hundred percent, I love what you said that it's not performance. Andy Stanley has this quote, I use it all the time that exclusivity is the fuel for romance, not experience. Mm. Um, so anyway, that's really good. That. Hey friends, I hope you're enjoying this conversation as much as I am, but real quick, I want to tell you it is a start of a new semester and that means I'm filling up my calendar with speaking events. I'm still offering lots of Zoom and of course, some in-person events are starting to happen sometimes here and there. Will we ever go back to normal? I don't know. I'm mostly booked by sororities, but I also love women's groups or organizations. Anywhere you need some motivation, I am your girl. So check out my website, katiebulmer.life. I have a link for speaking with all the information you need. Send me a message and we'll get the conversation started. That's katiebulmer.life slash speaking. I love it. You have four kids. What are their ages? 11. So we have a sixth grader all the way down to five, which is our kindergartner. Okay. I would love to know what you hope to teach your kids about sex. And maybe some of those conversations have already started. Maybe they haven't, but this is something that parents are confused about. And a lot of, you know, 20 somethings who are listening, either their parents had one quote talk or they're none at all. And, you know, people just haven't been educated or had very healthy (laughs) conversations with people who love them about this kind of stuff. So yeah, definitely. Well, first of all, definitely for those listening here, just you're trying to assess, yeah, how did my parents do? And I want to either not repeat that or choose to repeat that. It's really looking at your home environment and figuring out what that was around sexuality. So I would say for most of us, we would say outside of home, it's a very saturated sex culture, right? Where you're hearing it, seeing it, hearing jokes about it everywhere. But what was your home like? And if it was a silent environment where you're kind of left as a child thinking, the most important people in my life aren't talking to me about it. So it must not be that important. And you have to figure it out on your own. Or you're having a, you lived in a saturated home environment as well, where it's crude and rude joking about sex, you know, like movies, music, even just parents saying, you know, it's just natural. Everybody does it. Here's some condoms for your birthday. Here's some porn to manage yourself. Masturbation's fine. You know, that's another home environment or the conflicted one where we see in the, you know, religious system sometimes is just that you know, it's good, but no. So you really just feel like it's bad and dirty and disgusting, but then it's supposed to just flip on and be good all of a sudden your marriage. So realizing 
what home environment did you have? And then realizing I want to create an intentional home environment. So my husband and I work really hard at being very intentional with our kids. We are very passionate about totally canceling out the delusion that it's one talk, right? So it's not the sex talk one day when they're 16, (laughs) too late, too late, too little. Like it's got to be a constant set of conversations. You're constantly open. Sex is not a bad word. Like how did sex become a bad word, right? Like it's from God. So we've, from very young age, we have a really funny story where I caught my boys when they were seven and five talking about sex. The the five-year-old was trying to bother the seven-year-old by saying it and trying to irritate him and push his buttons. But my seven-year-old replied with just saying, sex isn't a bad word. Like it's from God. People just have like used it wrong. And so my five-year-old's like, what? Like, cause he probably didn't even know what it meant. He just thought this is going to annoy my brother. And he was like, but what's funny, he's like, in high school, some girls are going to want to do it to you. And we're like, what? what? And my five-year-old's like, what? Why? And he's like, because you're so handsome. And we're like, what in the world? But what I love about that is they just, they've never thought sex is a bad word. They know it's from God. They know it's a good thing. They, that didn't mean they knew everything about it yet. They didn't know what that meant fully. But we're constantly having conversations and trying to establish that we are the safest place to talk about it. Like, hey, we're going to answer and be curious back with your curiosity. When you ask a question, we're not assuming you want to know every single detail. We're assuming you have some curiosity because of something you heard at school or something someone said. And so we're going to go at your pace. And so we've had so many conversations with our kids about sex. My husband also and I were both very affectionate in front of our kids and just showing them. We're like, this is a gift. This is what God gave. And so, I mean, there's so many details to how we've done it, but just establishing that we're the safest place to talk to somebody about it. Your friends aren't going to be able to tell you the whole truth. Google bar is not going to tell you the whole truth. We will tell you everything when you're ready. We try not to ever say, oh, you won't understand that. Or we don't you know, name private parts like hoo-hoos and ha-has and pee-pees. Like we call them what they are so it doesn't establish shame around them. We talk to them very candidly, but then say, Hey, I don't know if you're ready for this. And we let them like my husband's done that before, which is beautiful where he was like, I don't think you're ready for that. And you know, at first my son was like, yeah, I want to know. I want to know. He's like, well, you don't like seeing mommy and I kiss. You probably don't want to hear more because it's way more than kissing. He's like, yeah, never mind." He's like, but if you, you know, if in a couple of days you still really want to know, then come back. Cause I want to be the one who tells you. So and then with our sixth grader, we had a really nice dinner where we just took him out to a nice restaurant because preparing him for middle school, we're like, even though there's probably still stuff, but you don't want to know, we don't want you to just continue to learn it wrong from conversations you're overhearing at school. So we want to be the ones to tell you. And so that's, that was kind of our point of, I mean, pornography is rampant, right? Like in fifth grade, my son's like, it's really sad, mom. Like I'm the only boy in my grade who hasn't seen pornography. Heartbreaking, right? So we have to start the conversations earlier than we probably assume and just really establish because it's that we have the power and the privilege of first mention as parents. And so realizing that the way they learn it the first and the things they hear the most frequently about it at first is going to help them learn it in the most healthy way. Yes. I love what you said about how it's not just one talk, it's a conversation and an ongoing as, you know, <laughs> forever, hopefully. I was about to say until they're 18, but not even then, you know, continuing the conversation forever. Yeah. So you said you had so many resources. I'm curious to the girl listening who's maybe like, well, dang, you know, my parents never taught me. Where would you maybe just point them to start to kind of unpack what this idea of healthy biblical sexuality means? Well, if you're a single lady listening, I would highly recommend our 
course in our community called Date Well, A Path to Wholeness in Dating. So what that is, is you're going to, we also have like a sex talk in there from Cole and I, but it really takes you on this perfect path of identity, trust, vision, and then dating strategies and philosophies. So before getting into how do I date well, we lead you through, man, how do you love yourself? How do you see yourself? Do you have to overcome insecurity? Do you have to overcome past pain from past trauma or past relationships or the way you've learned it? And then giving vision, like what is your vision? Like, because if our vision is based on rom-coms or or a broken cycle in our family line, like really creating, I just, I'm really proud of what we've built there. And then what's really beautiful about it is instead of just saying, here's an e-course, go watch it on your own. We built it around a community where we do live calls, where we do Zoom calls. You can come live, ask questions. We bring experts on, or we just have our team there to really just connect with where women are at. We have hot topic videos that are released. And then we have a private Facebook group where girls can have that camaraderie of, hey, I went out on my first date, or I finally showed interest in this guy and he showed it back or or I went on a date, didn't work out. It's so beautiful because it's such a season where you could feel really isolated and alone. So that's my favorite resource because it's going to help you identify what did I learn? How did I learn it? How do I see myself? How do I see dating? And then give you really practical strategies for how to date well in a culture that I don't even know if you could find these answers other places, right? Like, Sometimes even just basing our answers on experiences of friends we've talked to or movies and, you know, media, you're like, I can't even have a vision for how this could be healthy, you know? So that's my favorite resource probably for that 20 something woman who's still single. Or if you're, if you are dating, we also love that because there's going to be a lot of good questions you're going to ask and just make sure you have a really healthy foundation. I'm just so giddy that you're doing all of this because, you know, I seek out incredible people, people like you having these healthy conversations and while there are a few, they're not nearly as many as I would hope, at least that I know of. And I'm just, I don't know. I'm just over here like wanting to do cartwheels in my room because what you're doing is so, so important and so valuable. One other thing you mentioned I want to unpack is how you present all of this faith-based. And I realize there's a lot of people offering a lot of really good advice, not faith-based and, and that's fine. But for me, I have found that I'm doing a disservice when I talk about healthy dating and not mention Christ and not mention faith. I'm curious how you feel like those interact and how you, you know, communicate. Yeah. I mean, I think for me, the foundation of all like (laughs) truth and healthy living is, is Christ centered, right? It is Bible based. And so it's not challenging for us to do that. I think we live in a universe of so many opinions. We have to find the truth. And so you're right. There's so many opinions shared around so many different things that I'm like, it's dizzying, right? Like I just think like picturing it all. I'm like, Oh, you just picture like somebody just being caught with all of these words coming at them. So I just feel like the word is such a foundation of stillness of like, this is what God said yesterday, today, forever. It doesn't change. And it's so powerful. His word is alive and it's active. And when you hear it and you receive it and your spirit is open to it, like it changes everything. Like I can just think of moments in my life where there might've been a cycle that I'm constantly circling around. But then when that revelation comes from the word, you're like, it just brings so much peace. And so there's so much the word has to say about sex. One of my favorite, I don't have my Bible in front of me right now, but in first Corinthians, it talks about, it says there's a sense in which sexual, or there's a sense in which sexual sins are different from all others. 
because in sexual sin, we violate the sacredness of our own bodies, these bodies that were made for God modeled and God given love. And so I'm like, oh, if I would have heard that too, that would have helped me understand like, wow, this is a really powerful thing that's happening inside of me. And, you know, I feel like that speaks to the trauma or the, you know, the different associations that happened inside of my body, because it's not, it is different. Or you think of Romans 12, one and two, where it talks about how we are renewed by the transforming of our mind, or sorry, I just said that backwards. (laughs) We're transformed by the renewing of our mind, but it's so true. And one of the, our favorite things that we do is we really, my husband has been a huge advocate for studying the science side of it, of what's happening in our neuro pathways, what's happening in our mind, and this whole idea of how we can actually retrain our brain because of how they can study the brain now. I'm like, he's like, science is finally catching up with the Bible. They're not in competition with each other. It's proof where God said you can be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Now we can see it because they can do brain scans and understand that you can actually starve a mental pathway and a thought and a habit that you've had your whole life and replace it with truth. And it will literally physically go away. That's been very transformative for me. So I feel like pairing the word and the power of the word with what science has discovered has been really helpful. I remember reading an article first, and it was very scientific about what happens. It was kind of about fight or flight. And we do have a podcast about it called, I think it's called The Science of Sex. It's on our podcast where I read the whole article because when I read the article, it actually gave me so much permission to understand why didn't I say no? Why didn't I run away? Why didn't I scream? Like, even though I was screaming inside, why didn't I, you know, and it, so it paired the science of what was actually happening in my body that I'm like, this is what scripture was talking about. And then that's why it's not just like, oh, overnight I can be like, now I like a shortened way of saying it for me is I believed lust for so long. I couldn't believe love was real. So even in those moments where I'm reading the word and I, you know, I, or I look at my husband and I'm like, I trust him so much. He's never been with another woman. He's never seen porn. He's never struggled with any of that. So I'm looking at him and I'm like, I have no reason to even believe these lies, but those mental pathways are so thick inside of my brain. Cause it's how I learned it in my most earliest and most frequent exposures. So then I hear Romans 12, one and two, like I can be changed. I can be transformed by the renewing of my mind. But I think a lot of times in church, we stop there and you're like, People are like, how do I do that though? Like, that sounds pretty. Let's put it on a Hallmark card. But how do we actually do that? So I just love that science has taught us, wow, this is so true. And this is how we do it. We can go in every single day and replace the truth with a lie. Because we all know if we just think of a lie and say, that's not true. I don't want to believe it. You know, if I say, don't think of a pink elephant, you picture a pink elephant. And so you have to actually replace it with the truth. And so finding scripture, especially identity verses. I think sexual identity is such a struggle right now. So I think finding identity verses of who I am in Christ, that's unshaken, unmovable. This is who I am. This is whose I am. Those verses to replace the lies with. And then the verses about, you know, honoring the marriage bed and finding whatever that is and putting that in front of you, because there's so much screaming at us from the outside. It's finding God's word, finding the truth that God said that is immovable, unchangeable, timeless, putting that in front of you in whatever way is practically possible is really, really powerful and beneficial for our lives. I'm writing that down. I love that. Put those truths in front of you, like on your bathroom mirror or dashboard of your car or whatever. That's part of what we do. Actually, my book, I haven't mentioned my book yet, but my book, Look at You Girl is an eight day read. I (laughs) 
I'm like notorious for not ever finishing a book. I will recommend a bajillion books because I love all these books. But I'm like, if you ask me really, I probably haven't read it from front to back. So when I wrote a book, I was like, I need to write one that I would finish. So it's a really short read, eight days. It's a kickstart to seeing yourself the way God does and kicking out the lies, seeing what who God says you are, building healthy community. One of the chapters is called Soul Saturday. The whole idea is saying, man, we invest so much time in the external. What if we actually invested in our soul and in our spirit. And in the back of it, I have all of the identity scriptures that I found while writing the book. And I'm like, we we share that in date well, we share that in multiple settings. And we do, we have some girls who've like put them around their mirror. And they literally, this one girl had a round mirror in her room and she put the scriptures all around it. And she, it was so beautiful because she was like, I literally see the difference in myself. After a few weeks of looking at myself in the mirror, seeing what God said about me, she's like, my confidence in Christ is raised. Like I see myself how he sees me. So I do, I think that's really important to put it in front of us because there's so many other things, you know, telling us the lies every day. We have to be intentional to turn up the truth in our lives. That is so good. I don't have any more notes. Is there anything else that you want to mention? I'm going to ask you about like your resources and all that kind of stuff. No, I don't think so. I'm good. Caitlin, thank you for just bravely, and I'm sure you were a little scared at the beginning saying yes to taking on Moral Revolution. I think that you and your husband have done incredible things. I don't remember how I first found out about you, but I was like immediately obsessed and wanted to know more (laughs) about what you're offering the world. Can you just tell like a little bit more about your resources and how everyone can find all that you're up to? Yeah, definitely. So the easiest way to find us for sure would be Instagram, Moral Revolution, or Caitlin Zick. I, you know, we both have. Instagrams. My website's turnuptruth.com and then there's moralrevolution.com. And our website has so many resources. Like I've mentioned, you can go, there's hundreds of free blogs. You can go to our YouTube channel on Moral Revolution and find all of our most recent podcasts. We also video cast. So we have lots of videos and conversations. So yeah, definitely find us on YouTube, Spotify, our podcast, everything. Okay. Before you go, I have to ask the question I ask all of our guests. If you could have coffee with your 20-year-old self, what would you say? Mm, that's a good one. If I could have coffee with my 20-year-old self, I would definitely say you are an original. In Galatians, in the message translation, it says, not to compare ourselves with each other as if one of us were better and another worse. It says you have far better things to do with our lives. Each of us is an original. And so understanding that I am an original. You are an original. There's nobody like you. And so comparing is a waste of time thinking, oh, somebody else is already doing that or going there. You are unique in the way you can, what you can bring, what you say, the way you love, the way you share and who you are. And so don't look to the left or the right. Just keep your eyes straight ahead on what God's called you to do and know that you are an original. Your impact, your influence is something that only you can do and to just keep your eyes on him while you do it. That's a pretty good message for your 20-year-old self. (laughs) Well, thank you for what you're doing. I'll continue to support what you guys are up to online. And we'll put a lot of those resources on the show notes so people can easily just click on over. But thank you for being here. Amazing. Thanks. Thanks for having me. I'm over here giving you a virtual hug because you just finished another episode of the Truth For Your 20s podcast. If you like this episode, do your girl a favor. Take a screenshot wherever you're listening and share it on social. Tag me at Katie Bulmer Life and I will reshare. And thank you so much for spreading the word. Speaking of which, if you haven't already, please leave a review on Spotify or iTunes. It really helps other girls to find us. And guess what, you guys? We just reached 200,000 downloads. 
that is all thanks to you. Thanks for sharing it. Thanks for leaving a review. And thanks for joining us each week for some truth for your 20s.